This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Crimeland, a true crime comedy podcast with Julie J. This week, my guest is the fantastic, the amazing. Is there anything else you want me to say there, Stephen? <laughs> Stephen Mulland. The crowd, the crowd goes wild. Absolutely mental. Um, so if you don't know Stephen, you should know Stephen. Stephen has supported so many of the greats. Neil Danamere, Des Bishop. Uh, Garoad Farrelly. Garoad Farrelly, of yeah. course. We love Garoad as well. And you have a fantastic podcast called... Hello, Steve-O Podcast. Hello, Steve-O. Yeah. I also supported you last year at your amazing show. That's right. And you were a son of a preacher man, yes. Son of a preacher and man. And then you went on to slightly bigger things. No, which is so... <laughs> but you didn't need me, though. I, I think I did. I did. I definitely did. You really didn't. Yeah. Like, you well, didn't just, at all. But just, because, well, because I think what I needed you for was at the time, I don't think I was getting to an hour at that point, you know. I think I was had 45, 50 I minutes. I think you and, always had an hour. Yeah, maybe I did. It was I don't a confidence know. Well, thing. Yeah, oh, totally. And, and you know, that was my first time doing an hour. Yeah. And, you know, Great I wasn't that long though. a comic either. And it was, you know, it was all a bit... Yeah, but you might as well jump into the deep end, I but suppose. You know I was what? so grateful for because it, it was, you know, it's such a, an important role when you're feeling nervous about doing your hour show, just to have oh, no, somebody no, no, that can no. go bang, bang, bang it for was, ten minutes. Well, listen, it was a joy. It was an absolutely fantastic show, and you're still touring with us. Yeah, we just did. What did we do? We yeah, did a good bit of touring with it in 2019, and then early 2020, okay. we'll continue on with the tour around Ireland, and then new show in by it'll be there'll be a new show by the summer. And that'll tour then from, from autumn 2020. Are you going to Edinburgh? Have you thought yes. about it? Yeah, doing the whole thing. I, I'm doing the full run as well. Oh. We'll be doing it together, Julie. Are you looking for someone we'll to be live brother with? brother or sister. Yes, let's do that. Myself and Fred are currently in the throes of trying to sort somewhere okay, to live. Okay, right. What would I fit in the bed, though? Yeah, yeah. But look, I mean, we've got bunks. It'll yes. be fine. <laughs> Obviously, I'm going to be bottom bunk, it goes without saying. Now, Stephen, thank you so much for joining I'm me. I'm excited to be doing we're this. We're here to, well, I, I promise you have to do very, very little. Fret not. Um, so we're here to talk about El Chapo. El Chapo. Now. And the reason I brought Stephen on to talk about this one, it's just the obvious choice because Stephen, you are half Argentinian. Argentinian. I thought you were going to say half Cork. No, half Argentinian. <laughs> so I just thought Argentina, Mexico. It just makes so much sense. But you have to help me with the pronunciation. Okay, places. absolutely. Yeah. El Chapo. El Chapo just, I mean, the, he probably uh, came into my life re- in recent times because of that idiot. What's his name that went down to go and uh, 
go down and uh, chat with him and, and shoot an interview Sean with him. Penn. Sean Penn. Oh, we'll come yeah. to Sean. Jesus. So I remember that. And then I did start researching uh, a lot about him. But I mean, his story is fine. I mean, you, I, actually, you can't keep up with El Chapo, can you? Because he's so well, in. And is he in now. prison? Is sure, he out? he's is locked he in? up. Yeah, but when's he going to get out? He just gets out then. You know? Sure, who knows? <laughs> yeah. It's all a bit mad, really. So El Chapo. Now, before I start, just to quote the old sources, uh, Rolling Stone magazine. Oh, yeah. That's who Sean Penn was trying to do the interview for, wasn't it? Oh, yes. We will actually, yeah. No, you're right. It is. Think yeah, span yeah. up. 60 Minutes CBS, which is a great one. Love that show. Oh, I love a bit great of 60 show. Minutes on YouTube. And then I did get a lot of info from the BBC article El Jabo, how Mexico's drug kingpin fell victim to his own legend. And that was by Joshua Neverett. And then also, I did watch, in the name of research, I did sit through. The three, I mean, you probably didn't do it, subject yourself and your family to this, but did you watch The Day I Met El Chapo on Netflix? Oh, I did, yeah, yeah. Did you? Yeah. What did you think? Um, I just, I'd like, yeah, I thought the two, but that was the one with the girl who Kate went to Champagne. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The Castillo, yeah. Oh, thank you. This is why you're here. Okay, Stephen, relax with that. I know I said help me with the pronunciation, but cop relax the fuck with the on. tongue there. Cop the fu- I just Get want you to, I just want you to slide the phonetics. That's why I've given you a notepad and a pen. Slide it over, say nothing, and we'll be fine. Yeah, I just found it like a very um I thought it was shite. Yeah. Well well they were idiots, really, weren't they? And I was like But I thought like I mean she was such your quintessential actress. Exactly. Wasn't she? Exactly. Oh, hey, I just had a glass of red wine and I put out this cheap tweet and I mentioned El Chapo and I went to bed and I thought nothing would happen. All of a sudden I was the centre of the universe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, do you know what? I found her now quite hard to take. Yeah. The two of them, though, like Sean Penn was the same. Irish or Sean was a total pain in the hole, but I suppose because it was from her point of view. Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, Sean was just, you know, I mean, I came away from it and I was like, I'm never trusting a gringo. No. (laughs) I took El Chapo's... um, Lawyer's advice on board. Yeah. Okay. Will I go through the story? Go for it. Now, how do I pronounce the Z in Spanish? It depends on what the context is. Uh, so, like, his name is Guffman. Guffman? Show me. G-U-Z-M-A-N. Guzman. Guzman. Is that how you El say Chapo it? El Chapo Guzman is what you're saying, yeah. El Chapo but they're Guzman. But they'll kind of, sometimes they might, like, silence the Z. So, El Chapo Guzman. Oh, do that one more time. <laughs> El Chapo Guzman. I mean, honestly, those girls in East Cork didn't stand a chance. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, so Guzman was born into a poor family in the rural community of Letuna. Letuna. Oh, very good. In uh, now, Senaloa State. Show me the. the oh no! Stop! I feel so. <laughs> I was going to say I feel so emasculated, but that would just Sinaloa. be giving. Senaloa, yeah, that's fine. Okay. Sinaloa. Yeah. I yeah I I I don't know why I said I felt emasculated. That's just giving too much away about my <laughs> my Aries. Okay, so he was born somewhere in northwest Mexico. Okay, and he was the oldest of seven. His father was presumed to be an opium farmer, abusive, and spent his money on prostitutes and alcohol. I.e. an Irish dad. <laughs> El Chapo started out selling oranges, which. Was also how Bill Cullen started. That's started down out. in Moore Street. Do you remember? With no shoes on my feet. Do you remember? Did you ever watch The Irish Apprentice? Yeah. Oh my God! <laughs> Jesus, I mean, the abuse he used to give some of these people, the, the apprentices, they're like, you have no idea. You have no idea. Oh, uh, and what's happened, Bill? Where is Good he now? Good question. He he used to own like he was kind of the main dealer for Renault Ireland. Wasn't, wasn't it Renault? Yeah, I think it was Renault. Yeah, out in Liffey Valley. You know, you have no, you have no idea. He have yeah, haven't heard a lot from him since. Was that his wife, the blonde lady that he was with? Yes, as well? she's yeah. from Bally Longford and Kerry. Oh, I always right. thought she very was elegant woman. Very, very elegant. elegant. She struck me. She struck me as the type of woman I'd say, even when she had no money, she still invested in a yes. good house. Yeah, that's... She knew what to do with it. That's a great point. There are those people that can be elegant no matter what they have yeah, in their pocket. This is true. So El Chapo started out selling oranges. And uh, his mom, he was... Now, his mom uh, was always very fond of him. He used to... The story goes that he used to kind of defend the rest of the family, like when the dad was pissed and being abusive and all the rest. He started growing the marijuana with his cousins at 15. I mean, it's just what you do with the... Co- like, that's who you're going to start <laughs> growing marijuana with. <laughs> yeah. Then he adopted the nickname. Actually, you probably wouldn't know this. What's the story with, like, weed hash marijuana? Is it all from the same plant? It all comes from the same uh, plant, but hash is more... Uh, is Potent? Is, 
No, hash is more um, the resin that they create yeah. from it. So you burn off. So they make a resin of marijuana and other substances into a into like a brown it's the kind brown of resin. Brick. And you, yeah, you burn that off into into your joint essentially. But weed is just. Uh, it depends the on what green. type of weed. Yeah, it's just the green. It's the plant dehydrated, and and you smoke that. Now, I, I apparently in the, on this side of the world, we're all mad because people here would smoke weed with tobacco. Okay. So they put it into a cigarette. But like I've been to Argentina with my cousins, and they, and I wouldn't I wouldn't be a smoker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we were at this gig years ago, and uh, oh, it was beautiful, amazing, like uh, cumbia music where they just played the drums and like dum 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 dum. Oh, it's fantastic. They passed me joint. I take a toke for not realizing that they smoke it just straight, the weed straight. I was flying for three days after it. Like I only had one puff. But like, that must have been so strong, though. Yeah, yeah. But there's different. But all the different types of like there's people that are really into their weed, and you yeah, can get yeah. a weed to mellow you out, or a weed yeah. that's more hallucinogenic, or a weed that's more. When we were in the band, we went to Liverpool, and we got a supplier over there that gave us a bag of stuff that was seriously hallucinogenic stuff. So it was. A, it was I a didn't. This I actually didn't realize that weed was a hallucinogenic. Well, it it can be. It can. It depends on the on the the. the because there's, there's different varieties within the, the marijuana family, you know. Okay. Like coffee. So this is quite a how-to. There okay. you are now. Um, so he, anyway, so he started growing the marijuana and he adopted the nickname El Chapo, Mexican slang for shorty, which of course you'd be well aware. Uh, obviously, I'm not saying because you're, you're short, <laughs> I did, I just because you speak Spanish. <laughs> um, it obviously means the short one. Uh, I don't actually know. I think that is literally Mexican slang because there is sli- like there'll be Argentinian slang that they wouldn't use in Mexico. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so he's only five foot six. Oh wow, him. he's small. He's a teeny tot. Right, he's like Maradona type. Yeah, is is Maradona oh, he's a teeny tiny, tot? Tiny, tiny, he's smaller. You know Messi, the footballer, who's already tiny. Maradona's smaller than Messi. Oh, tiny, adorable. Yeah, and um, even though he was teeny tiny, he did have ambitions. So this is just a fairy tale. It's a real lovely, you know, story to dream. read your children at night. <laughs> um, even as a little child, he had ambitions. His mother told film- filmmakers in 2014. In his late teens, Guzman left home to try his hand at drug smuggling. Because that's the phase you go through. Yeah, that's it's, what, that's I, the promotion. Yeah, I <laughs> on, always on find oranges. just after the junior search, you're like, I'm done with the oranges. <laughs> I'm just on to the heroin now. He always fought for a better life, his mother said. Former cartel kingpin Hector Elgoro Pama gave Guzman his first break in, uh, in the late 1970s when he oversaw shipment of drugs from the Sierra Madre Mountains. Guzman was ambitious and eager to increase in quantities being moved. He also didn't take much shit and would execute employees if deliveries were late. Wow. Where what I'm interested in is where did that come from in him? Like just like like as in the 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 violence. Well, that's just put in there as yeah, that's just put mm. in there as like oh you didn't do what I'm saying what what I told you to do I'm gonna kill well, you. Well, I suppose his domestic life would have been quite violent. Yeah, and you see maybe it's the Napoleon syndrome, isn't it? Like mm. any like so many short men I know, Joe not Pesci. all of them. But a lot of them have serious anger issues. Absolutely, yeah. No, Joe Pesci syndrome. It's a it's a thing. All right, yeah. Joe Pesci, but can we talk about My Cousin Vinny? What a great movie that was. Yes. Well, we can't because I haven't seen it. Have you not? Will you watch it? I know it's a classic. Absolutely. And your missus would love it as well. That's that's date night tonight now. That is date night tonight. Uh, Now, so he quickly became known as a man not to be messed with. In the 1980s, he was introduced to, and you you will cry at my pronunciation here, Miguel. (laughs) Miguel, see. Angel. Angel, yeah. Felix. (laughs) <laughs> Gallardo, Gallardo or Gallardo, yeah. In Argentina, in Argentina, in, well, in Argentinian Spanish, you'd say Gallardo, yeah. But um, oh, so this is all one word: so Miguel Angel Felix Gallardo. Thank you. Known you- as the Godfather of Guadalajara. Guadalajara. Beautiful. Okay, thank you so much. Uh, in the 1980s, he was introduced to that man, known as the Godfather of the. Guadalajara. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, cartel who put him in charge of handling logistics. Logistics, now, huh? When Felix Galando was arrested, that's more Italian, isn't it? Let's call him Felix. Let's call him Felix, <laughs> his mate. So when Felix was arrested in 1989, his cartel's drug trafficking territories were divided among different factions, later known as the Federation. Guzman set up his own cartel, which became known as the Sinaloa cartel. In the 1990s, he was the one. So the thing about El Chapo was he came up with this ingenious plan to get drugs across the border. Tunnels. 
Yes. So he was the guy who really pioneered the whole tunnel thing. The great escape. Yeah. So he, he kind of, he was very much kind of at the forefront of that, creating a really impressive system of tunnels to move drugs across the border. And there then, was a bit of that in, in that show on Netflix as well, wasn't there? In the documentary, was there tunnels There was a bit, yeah. yeah. And you know what? There was another Netflix show, and I think um, for any of our listeners in the States of, whom I'm sure like you're going to be in your millions. Um, hey guys. You probably had, please allow us into your country to do comedy. I speak on behalf of both myself and Stephen. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there was this, uh, there was this other Netflix show, El Chapo, but I don't think we can get it in, it's, it's not European Netflix. Oh right, Netflix. it's not on our IP, right? Yeah, because the only one I could find was, that was the other one, um, uh, with Kate de Castillo. Uh So David Weinstein, a former federal prosecutor in Miami, told the BBC he was the go-to guy. If it had to go through Mexico, it had to go through El Chapo. Wow. And the thing about El Chapo was he was clever in that he always made sure to give back to the community. Hence why he was seen as almost a Robin Hood type Robin figure. Robin Hood, exactly. Yeah. There you go, we got the people on side. Well, that was the problem as well with the police when they would try to find out what was going on in certain towns and all that. The this whole town it. was against them. They were Team El Chapo. Oh, team El Chapo, yeah. They were Team Shorty. Yeah, so he invested his proceeds wisely, not only expanding his enterprise, but building infrastructure that benefited locals in Senahola too, and this cemented his popularity. So, you know, he was putting the hamper together for the Absolutely. rapper, for the, for the raffle, all that kind of Easter stuff. Eggs, all that crap. Uh, like a treasure hunt. I'd say he was the king of an El treasure hunt yeah. <laughs> can you imagine with the tunnels what's in your kinder surprise the bag oh, of coke gas and uh, so actually one person uh, this is a great quote I think Mes- Mexico's would we say Mexico or Mexico whatever you want as well. let's just say M <laughs> okay, me- M I like the way for- you say Mexico <laughs> Mexico's former Mexico's. ambassador in Washington Eduardo Medina Mora said you are Santa Claus and everybody likes Santa Claus and that's what um, so uh, he was the, the ambassador, ambassador the US. Yeah, and this is what he was saying about <laughs> El Chapo, told the New Yorker in 2014. So over time, Guzman's cartel became one of the biggest traffickers of drugs to the US. And in 2009, so this was kind of gas, he entered the Forbes list of the world's richest men at number 701 <laughs> with an estimated $1 billion. Like, it's all just mad, isn't Who's it? Who's putting him in Forbes? Like, that's crazy. That's and also, absolutely crazy. if I'm putting him in Forbes, I'm putting him higher than 701. Like, yeah. He kills people. Yeah. I'm just going to say you're number one. Yeah, that's going to get you some it. bonus points there for sure. Uh, yeah, so he anyway was in Forbes. As his wealth and empire grew, so too did the wish to bring him down. Most notably, the DEA were determined to bring him to justice. So would you have watched Narcos? I have only watched a couple of episodes if I didn't watch the whole thing. But I'm the exact same. Mm. I sat through a couple of episodes. I didn't appreciate the whole... Uh, the whole thing whereby the action would stop and then it would flash up on the bottom of the screen. Escobar is a bad guy. Like, it was very much <laughs> yeah. like painting by numbers, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was a little bit like that, yeah. It was too... Um... Yeah, even though I know so many people loved it, but I just didn't like that element. Yeah, I didn't get the whole... Because usually with these series, like, there's a banging first episode that really kind of draws you in yes. to kind of go, oh, this is going to be yeah, a great yeah, yeah. series and blah, blah. I didn't really get that with this one. There was, you know... Yeah. I think some of the acting was a bit off. It well. didn't... Ho- it just didn't hook me in. I no. think it was just the thing. I don't know it was that strategy whereby they felt the need to stop. And it was just very, I thought, insulting for the viewer. Because, yes, I do need to pause and ask questions. Yeah. But... I don't need Netflix to actually put it up. I mean, I don't want Netflix to yeah, presume I'm going to gonna do that. Me. Don't presume we're idiots, Netflix. Just because Jesus. I am, it doesn't matter. Then in 1993, massive scandal disaster, a Roman Catholic cardinal was shot dead in a turf war with rival drug smugglers. So that was Jesus. kind of a big deal. Like, not just like, when you know... Was that? that was 93. I didn't know that happened. Yeah. Wow, that's a big deal. Like, a cardinal... A cardinal, Stephen. That's a yeah. That's fucking hell. What so, was he doing there? Well, he's like it was obviously by accident. We'll come to that actually uh, <laughs> in a minute. But obviously, it's not like yeah, you know, let's take out the cardinal today. Guzman was among those blamed, and a bounty was placed on his head by the Mexican government. What was different about this was the fact that Mexico finally saw El Chapo's face in the papers and on TV. Oh. 
So finally the tash was on the screen. Right. And you, you know what? You can just imagine the mother was probably delighted to see him on the telly. Yeah, that's my boy. That's my boy. <laughs> he always had ambitions. Okay. <laughs> Within weeks, he was arrested in Guatemala and he was later sentenced to 20 years in prison on charges of conspiracy, drug trafficking and bribery. So he got nabbed in Guatemala. Uh, a prison psychological profile described him as egocentric, narcissistic, shrewd, persistent, tenacious, meticulous, discriminating and secretive. Oh. So in other words, like my dream man, yeah, like <laughs> ticking all my boxes. <laughs> ticking, I mean, honestly, if that had been his Tinder bio, yeah. I would have been, I oh, would have yeah. been in there like swimwear. When are you free? According to the New Yorker, in prison, he enjoyed a life of luxury, smuggling in wafers, lovers. Oh. Lovers, Stephen. <laughs> Prostitutes and Viagra. Oh, Jesus Christ. According to reports in Mexico. So just all of the above. Um, eight years That's because of the coke, isn't it? That happens. The impotency. Is that why? I think, I think that uh, cocaine is not great for an erection from what I've heard. Well, I don't think cocaine is good for your personality either. Well, yeah, it's not good for anything. So, uh, do you know what? It's good to spread the word on this, actually, because it's that kind of shit that will make people yeah. stop doing cocaine. That's what, the, that's what the National yeah Drugs Council, whatever, that's the, what's the ads need to be. Don't do that's coke, what you, you won't get you it up. That's what you need to be talking about, yeah, honestly. Absolutely. Because, you know, it's one we thing... We should pitch that. It's one thing coke giving you the confidence to get the girl, <laughs> but if you can't get it up, love... If you can't... This is, this is going to be... We should write... We should, we should do this scene out, shouldn't we? Oh, my God. For an ad for Instagram or something like that. We're Come on, Steve! Even when he was like, I've just done too much coke, love. That's so funny. We should totally do it. It's happening. So eight years behind bars was enough for Gooseman. In January 2001, he broke out. Now, you you probably remember this. Uh, but I mean, it was a long time ago. But I do, when I came back to the story, I was like, oh, yes, this is ringing a bell. He broke out of Puento Grande in 2001. I remember that. And yeah. the myth was he broke out in a laundry cart. Do you remember the myth was that he just sat, he <laughs> sat into a laundry basket? That's right. It's just such a nice, yeah, gentle yeah. way to an escape a prison. It's beautiful, yeah. And that they wheeled and so out many the people must cart. have been in on it. Well, this is it. So, obviously, uh, what people kind of accept now is is that he actually just walked out because all the guards were on site. Right. So, all the guards were corrupt. I mean, I'm sure... Actually, there was one guy who wasn't. And then, of course, he, as you can imagine, he blew the whistle, so to speak, on the whole escape plan. And, like, he did end up dead with uh, seven years later which I thought was interesting he was your man who wasn't on board with the whole escape plan but I thought it was interesting it just says a lot about him El Chapo as a person that he held on to it for that long oh yeah like seven years later I would be thinking yeah I can go back to my original hair uh-huh. colour now like surely I'm safe <laughs> but yeah. seven years later they got him so yeah the whole laundry basket and the idea that then he was like placed in a van and they drove the van away like people because there was a bit of CCTV where he just like walked out of the room so people like I think he literally just, right, he just was like I'm off now see you lads I've done this for eight years enjoy like, your new yeah, no, I'm, I'm. it was fun at the start with all the prostitutes but <laughs> I just can't cope with these hard-ons like I need to get the fuck out of here Guzman would spend the next decade evading authorities and confirming his position as Mexico's number one narco which I think is the next Simon Cowell talent show yeah <laughs> Britain's number one narco. Mexico's got talent. Uh, Mad for money, but also mad for the right. So he was said to have had more mistresses than you can probably fathom. This Now, some guy called Mr. Century, I don't know who that person is, but I'm just going to, I'm going to attribute this to him because he did say it. Mr. Century said he had more mistresses than you can probably fathom. This was his existence, having sex with strange women and micromanaging every detail of his operation. Where would you get the time? time? Where would you get the time? He must have been on his phone all the time. Making love on his phone. There's nothing worse. You'd have to be on the blower, wouldn't you? Pardon the pun. You really would. would. He was married four times and has somewhere between, again, very Irish, rough average. He has somewhere between nine to 13 children. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And actually one of, um, one obviously, you know, uh, when he was recaptured again, uh, a lot of stuff emerged about one of his daughters actually became a doctor. Ah. And she was taken in at the US border and she was heavily pregnant. She was like a pregnant physician and she was like, yeah, um, my dad's El Chapo, just so you know. Um, last wife, so they all went kind of, you know, very different roads. Mm. Uh, last wife was, uh, was uh, so his last wife was the one 
uh, looking incredibly bored throughout his most recent trial in New York. Uh, she was the lady he married in 2007, who at the time was an 18-year-old American beauty queen called Emma Coronel Espiro. Coronel, the mother of his seven-year-old twins, is trying to capitalise on El Chapo's notoriety. Um, so following the trial, I thought this was kind of funny, she registered the El Chapo Guzman trademark to market of market a line of clothing, cell phone cases and hats public records show. So she was like, I'm totally TMing this shit now. (laughs) And then law enforcement, which, you know, poor old El Chapo, uh, law enforcement has refused to allow Cornell any access to her husband. And then she most recently appeared in, did you hear about this? It was very controversial. um, VH1 cartel crew. Did you mm. hear about that? I don't think so. So it's kind of like, um, you know, like a real housewives, but it's like cartel housewives, basically. <laughs> and you know what? As a side note, because I'm just going to digress slightly, her boyfriend at the moment is a guy called Michael Coronane Blanco. Right. The youngest son of one of the most notorious members of the Medellin cartel in Colombia. And that's actually his real name, Blanco. Blanco. And they're all coke dealers. <laughs> Griselda Blanco was his mother. So I thought this was just mad. So just to throw it in, his mother was this woman called whatever, who was known as the godmother of cocaine. She picked up another moniker, the Black Widow, for her part in the murder of more than 200 people. She was based in Queens in the 1970s. Her cocaine empire brought in more than $80 million a month. Then she got indicted for drug trafficking in the US, deported to Colombia, was shot dead outside a butcher shop. And then Blanco now runs, helped run his mother's drug enterprise when he was a teenager, is now going out with El Chapo's missus. They're not divorced. Oh my God. And he heads a legitimate business and it's like cartel themed t-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, and then some with his mother's image and others with piles of cocaine. Like it's just. It's another world. It's just a very strange Christmas in that house, isn't it? (laughs) And then the company Pure Blanco, how could you call it anything else, is also looking at, you know, selling cannabis. Sounds like a cork company. Pure Blanco, Blanco. So 2013, Chicago Crime Commission named El Chapo public enemy number one. And the last person to receive such notoriety was... Oh, the guy with the Tommy gun. The the famous gangster. Yeah, Bugsy Malone. Al Capone, but all very close, yeah. 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 Uh, after 13 years on the run, Guzman was captured by Mexican Marines, called in uh, in 19, February 2014. At this point, he had established himself as the godfather of the drug world, having smuggled, like this is an insane figure, 500 tonnes of coke into the US alone. That was just the US. Oh my God. 500 tons. tons. What does that even look like? I don't know, but it just sounds like a lot, doesn't it? Guzman's second prison break uh, in, in July 2015 was even more outrageous than the first. This time, his accomplices used GPS to burrow a one-mile tunnel that led directly underneath his cell in Ataplano Prison in Central Mexico. Wow. And then the tunnel actually... Is fucking Isn't commitment. it just mad? Commitment. A mile. That's a mate. Yeah. Isn't it? That <laughs> is a fucking mate. <laughs> That's love. <laughs> so this was no ordinary tunnel, of course. Um, TV stations later aired footage that showed that the guards failed to act when loud hammering <laughs> was heard from inside Guzman's cell. To be fair to the guards, can we just say, would you fucking act? No. I yeah, wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The tunnel had ventilation, lighting, stairs, and the exit was hidden by a construction site. Um, so Guzman obviously had embarrassed Mexico's government for the second time, and the president, Enrique Nieto, was deeply troubled and outraged. One thing as well with El Chapo that he was king of, he was known as being maybe, well, I think every gangster has to be a bit paranoid. Like, you have to be, because yeah. everyone is trying to kill Everyone's you. Everyone's trying to kill you, and you're on a lot of cocaine, which doesn't help. You're either. on a lot of coke, so, you know, makes you soft, mm. uh, penal, if we're speaking in terms of the penis, and also makes you very paranoid. Yeah, um, but paranoid. he was a real man for paying off. Like it was said towards the end that he was paying like thirty million a month just in terms of bribes. Like he was losing his mind in terms of the bribes, and obviously paying off everyone, like Jesus. politicians, police, yeah, yeah. the judiciary. Like he just paid off everyone. So he was very early on. I know everyone's always paid bribes like since the beginning of time, but he was known as the man for the tunnels and the bribes. Man yeah. for the bribes. Tunnels and bribes. Um, so then he had embarrassed... Have you ever bribed anyone? Well, I mean, I suppose, how would you define bribe? Yeah. <laughs> it's the question. Um, defining bribe, uh, I suppose... It- 
Mm. Like, I don't think I've ever bribed someone in a very overt way, but like maybe I've done the whole like. I suppose it's a relationship bribing, isn't there? But that's there kind of, is, that's you see. I was thinking standard. about that, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to sound manipulative here, but there's always that bit of. Yeah. You do this, then I'll do that. It's just that unspoken bribe, isn't oh, yeah. it? Well, see, women can do the sexual bribe, obviously. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Especially like you be now. Like you if the bins aren't happening, exactly. something yeah, else is going to say How about those bins going out and we go to bed early? Would you? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It is actually scientifically proven that men who do more housework get more sex and it does make a lot of sense doesn't scientifically it? proven really where where's well I heard it on Sean Moncrief they right. were talking about it a few weeks ago wow. but it stands up to you know it stands it's... up to scrutiny doesn't it I know it? I did clean up the kitchen last night and uh, the missus was fairly impressed but it's just it's just lovely yeah yeah yeah. it's yeah. so look again something for the lads to take there <laughs> as well you know we're really covering all gender demographics people Absolutely. thought this was going to be women only Not but no Okay, and so obviously the president of Mexico was deeply troubled and outraged because it was massively embarrassing for them. And at that stage, now that he was on the loose again, the USA offered five million dollar dollar uh, for his recapture, and Mexico offered three point eight million dollars. And El Chapo was like, "That's nothing. I'll offer ten million dollars." <laughs> He's like, "I'm worth one point one four billion. <laughs> like seriously, he was probably insulted. Yeah, that probably. that was like He's paying off way more the than the level that. of." the level of that's like a week of bribes for him uh, his freedom however was short lived in January 2016 Guzman was tracked down to a house in a very pa- fancy part of Los Micas in uh, northern Sinaloa five of Guzman's guards were killed in the raid by Mexican marines and he managed to flee out of a manhole but was caught in a car while leaving town one year later he was extradited to the US so what kind of brought him down was his narcissism. Mm. He was reaching out to actors, which is insane. Like, just bear in mind, he's probably the most ma- wanted man on the planet. Yeah. And he's like, How can I get on TV here? Now is the time to make a movie about mm. me. Like, <laughs> I just feel that's like. That's what it was about. Yeah. yeah. That's right. I mean, it was obviously arrogance as and well. And he also thought that the girl had a. Uh, Kate Castillo had a bit of a thing for him. Well, of course. So, what happened was, was that she had. He was on, you know, he was on the run. And he was reaching out to actors and directors to commission screenplays about his life. And then he reached out to the, the actress, Kate Castillo, who referenced him in a controversial tweet two years before. So she had put out this like very histrionic, That's like, right. I don't believe in the church, but I believe in God. And, you know, I think El Chapo, I believe in El Chapo more than I believe in the government. Right. And he got in touch via his lawyer and was like, oh, yeah, let's get her to come meet me and let's see about, well, initially it was just her and the lawyers, but let's just see about making a movie about my life. But they had this really strange, like, let's face it, almost kind of a flirty relationship. Yes, it was flirty. It really was. And she was. really was, like, playing it back. So, like, she plays the whole innocent thing in the documentary. Oh. But the more you watch this, you kind of go... <laughs> Give it a rest, Kate. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. It's just, honestly, it's it's just madness. The she way was just she's turned on it. by the whole thing, I think. Oh, I mean, the whole thing was just, yeah. I mean, she obviously loved the danger of mm. it and the drama and all that. Yeah, but, um, but you do that with, with people and you're like, I mean, you must have done that. Have you done that with ex, with ex or boys that you know are bad for you? And you're like, I've definitely done that with, I remember I think of one girl in particular, I was like, when my dad saying to me, was like, you know, you know that this person is not good for you at all, whatever. I mean, it was like, oh, but, you know, oh, she, her yeah. fellow was in prison and all this, but she was in love with me and I was just so attracted to that. You oh know, my kind God, of Stephen, that's a podcast <laughs> in itself. But was yeah. it the drama that attracted you there? I don't know. I think it was because it was, I think it was, um, I don't think you see it at the time because there's, the, there's obviously a lot of lust going on as well. But there's, you know, um, but, it was. I was attracted. I think it was like this damsel in distress kind of thing as yeah. well, you know, because she wanted to break up with him, but you know, but she couldn't. But she was in love Do with me. Do you like that. that? I don't think. I don't think you go out. You don't. I don't think you seek it. Okay. But I think it just kind of elevates feelings and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that you yeah, feel all yeah. of a sudden like, but but I think we're in love here. But like, yeah. honestly, it lasted a month. The whole thing, but it was okay. so intense. It was an intense month. I, I do find when you're younger, a lot of the relationships are very intense. I mm. just found when I was younger, I just felt everything a lot more. Mm. Oh, I yeah, don't know is that because it's your first kind of experience of those kind of things but I just look back now and I'm like 
I just think I know emotional pumper. I'm not particularly good now at the moment either. But you do almost seek out that kind of yeah. drama or vexatious relationship. And that's and that's certainly something things that like uh, actors do as well. Yeah, <laughs> they seek out drama in life all the time. Yeah, so that'll bring attention or. Uh, or they get to express themselves blah, blah, I really that's totally what was going on with oh there. my god 100% I yeah. mean like she was the definition of a histrionic I yeah, feel totally. and then the whole like I didn't know if would if this would happen yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean El only Chapo. El Chapo would fall for it Jesus <laughs> and only because he was mad for the ride yeah. so then and he uh, so they had this kind of strange flirty relationship and it was pretty clear that El Chapo had become infatuated with the movie star um, so do you remember when he was finally recaptured they found all these DVDs of all her stuff that he had like obviously been watching oh over and over God. like see he was God obsessed. knows what he was doing when he was watching oh. I'd say he was doing what men do yeah, he was pulling the stomach off. Oh my god. Jesus. Tug City, I'd say. So <laughs> through Kate, he had agreed to meet with Sean Penn, the Hollywood actor. So this is basically what fucked him. He would approach Kate, supposedly in a bid to his sister in making a movie about El Chapo's life. And then rumours swirled, of course, that authorities had found El Chapo. Well, obviously, <laughs> by tracking Sean Penn. Like seriously. <laughs> Jesus. Of course, guys. Oh my god! But it's. Do you but, think on any level that Sean Penn was in on it, like for the for the for the people to find him that he was doing a double job? I think job. he was right. Okay, oh. I think he was because yeah. he's playing the whole. He was on sixty minutes about the whole thing, you know, and he was like playing the whole innocent blah blah blah. blah was but, he? What do you think? I th- yeah, he, I think he played that part of it. He was like, I had no idea, you know, I just ended up in the situation and this is where life takes you. And, you know, it's all dramatic. And all. would you go fuck Is it up? any wonder that they ended up scoring Kate yeah. and himself? Yeah, that was the other thing. Yeah, he end, the two of them ended up hooking <laughs> that up. That was just glassed and she's like, oh, it's just, a, it just, just made away. sense to share the yeah, next moment. It was just one night. We've been through so much together. I was like, Shut hang up. on, rewind. What's going on here? El Chapo's um, watching this going, I'm going to kill that guy. I know. Can you imagine <laughs> El Chapo in the Supermax and not alone as Sean Penn brought you down but he also scored Kate yeah. like oh my god, god. but yeah no, I would have thought Sean Penn was totally in on it yeah I mean he yeah maybe I suppose he was but yeah. I mean who's to, look Sean get in touch just let us know okay <laughs> when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. So over his 30-year criminal career, uh, El Chapo is believed to have earned more than 14 billion in cash proceeds from narcotic sales, the US Department of Justice has said. Some of his assets mentioned during his 11-week trial in New York um, consisted of uh, the fact that he had bought homes in every state in Mexico and also they said that he was so rich that he had a private zoo, a $10 million beach house and a yacht named after himself, Chapito, which is kind of cute though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The courtyard. Um, but also like he was pretty gross like just to say that we're all not we're not like oh my god what a cute little drug smuggler uh, no he was he was a bad guy so like he did obviously killed a lot of people uh, they say he's responsible for more than 10,000 deaths 10,000 wow this is pretty horrendous he did bury a man alive 
Do you remember that came out actually in the midst of everything? So he buried a rival alive, which is pretty horrendous. Um, Another uh, told of how a rival narco chief who refused uh, to shake Guzman's hand uh, paid for it with his life. And then also he was pretty gross when it came to, uh, he was accused of a lot of sexual abuse and sexual exploitation as well. And so court papers had accused him of drugging and raping girls as young as 13 and calling them his vitamins. The scale of a stroke trafficking operation was laid bare also. It confirmed him as the world's biggest narco and eclipsed that of even Pablo Escobar. Wow. Uh, Despite the fact that his daughter had previously boasted how he crossed the border twice to visit her in prison, it is indisputable that at this point El Chapo will see the rest of his days to life in prison, plus 30 years at ADX Supermax in Colorado. Wow. He is also ordered to pay 12.6 billion in forfeiture, but like they're well, obviously they gonna not going to get, gonna get exactly yeah. like that's not going to happen. It's all meaningless. And then the supermax where he's at, it's actually where the Unabomber is and the Boston Marathon um, bomber as oh, well. Oh, right. Okay. And it sounds like just a mad place. Quite I just thought I'd, I'd. At least marijuana is legal there. Yeah, I'd say you'd need it if you were in this place, to be honest. With those lads. So Sounds like he should have been smoking a bit more marijuana, to be honest know, with you. and life. chill out a bit. Most of the Supermax's 400 plus inmates are alone for 23 hours a day in a 7 by 12 foot reinforced concrete cell. Massive 12 gun guard towers overlook the prison. Um, there's a lot of kind of sensory deprivation as well. So like the lights are on constantly. Right. Can you imagine for that 23 hours a day, your Stephen? Brain. You, yeah. you, don't, you don't know what time of the day. It yeah. is all the time. And the Amnesty International report, and again, I'm not saying Al Chapo doesn't deserve to be here. I just think it's interesting to get an insight into the prison um, that he's currently in. Amnesty International report said that cells have an interior bar door as well as a solid outer door compounding the sense of isolation. Prisoners eat all meal- meals in their cells. Most cells have a shower and toilet, minimising the need for inmates to leave. Uh, cell furniture consists of a small desk stool and a bed made from concrete, beds of thin mattress, uh, you don't have any blankets or anything. Each cell has a window 14 to, 42 inches tall, 4 inches wide, without mountain views. Because that, like, you, you'd have yeah. to deny them the mountain view, yeah. wouldn't you, really? Yeah. <laughs> Many cells have a radio on black and white television, but they only play religious and educational programming. What an absolute bummer. Sounds like RTE. I know. Badoom! <laughs> We're here all weekend. All outside visits are non-contact with prisoners separated from the visitors. But as I said, his missus hasn't been allowed to visit him at all. Although, to be honest, does she want to? I don't. Sounds like she's quite no, busy with I, Mr. Planko. Yeah, and I heard. I heard that she has. She's. I think I've read an article. I'm pretty sure it was her that she has fled somewhere. I think. I think she's teaching in Argentina or something. Did he have an Argentinian wife? Well, she's American. Now he had a few wives, but the yeah. latest one was actually American. But obviously, right. you know, she was uh, she was um, like she was Hispanic or American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm not sure. I, I had a feeling that the one of them had fl- hasn't seen him in seven years or something like that. Anyway, one of the mothers of his kids, and um, she's living quietly, teaching somewhere, and just trying to keep the, not giving away her true identity and. Yeah. So well, that's you know I'm happy for her, though yeah. that she's had a chance to rebuild. Yeah. But yeah, but but it's been seriously like uh, stressful, poor thing. Well, also, I mean, I well, you see the thing as well with El Chapo is that of course, like many of his family members are involved in the drug trade. Like yeah. his son now only got in trouble there the last week. So right. I mean, it's just the cycle continues. Business, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And obviously, then so the supermax, um, as I said, is uh, just pretty mad. He's being currently held in a place called Range Thirteen, which is a four cell wing where prisoners have virtually no human contact they're under camera surveillance obviously 24 hours a day and they get one 50 minute non-legal phone call a month all the rest and also Martin Corona in his book Confessions of a Cartel Hitman he claimed that he was the one who accidentally killed the cardinal um he was trying to take a pop at El Chapo at the time. Oh, Jesus. There you go. So little tiny little man. So the moral of the story is don't sell oranges because it's just going to take you down the wrong road, isn't it? Yeah, definitely it's going to take you down the wrong road. Yeah, be, be wary of the little men who sell oranges. I know. <laughs> oranges. Do you know what? Honestly, I mean, just buy your oranges wholesale. I think that's the, <laughs> I think that's the lesson we're taking from there. Um, El Chapo, so it's an interesting old story. Oh, it? he's a fascinating character. Because it's also, I'd say if you go to Mexico and you meet some of the people that have been, you know, grown up around all that, like it's just a completely different environment and... 
You know, a lot of a lot of people still wouldn't see him as wrong in Mexico. You know, but this is the thing. So I think he's still a hero on some levels. Over, yeah, there. he's still a bit of a Robin Hood. Mm. Well, in some quarters, obviously yeah. not everywhere. But it, I thought that was one thing I did think was interesting in that Netflix. Um, what was the name of it? Um, the day I met El Chapo when they were kind of meeting local people, and mm. they were like, "Yeah, but this guy's done more for us than the government ever exactly. has." So that's See, the problem. That's, yeah, that's the problem. That's when it gets. They're not seeing the people that are dying or getting hurt and all that kind of stuff, but they are seeing. Hold on, we were poor, but now we're getting fed. And also, I thought, like, say the area he's from. Again, they kind of established that fairly early on. I thought that was an. It was an interesting kind of insight into it all as well, whereby. Like it's a rural agricultural area, so they don't necessarily see the difference. Now, not yes. everyone, I'm not generalizing, but just the farmers they spoke to in this documentary were kind of saying, yeah, but it's a crop. Mm. At the end of the day, whether it's a poppy, exactly. a marijuana plant or yeah, a potato, yeah, it doesn't matter. it's, it's a just, crop. Yeah, like we're, we're just growing shit and we're getting paid. Yeah. So there is, you see, an element of that as well that you Different can kind world. of see. But look, and anyway, who are they growing it for? It's for everyone over here. It's for you, you <laughs> sick fuck. <laughs> Now, Stephen, also, was there a connection to Maradona, you were saying? Yeah, he, um, Maradona was, up until very recently, was managing in his, El, El Chapo's hometown, where El Chapo's from. Maradona went over to... Latuna? Yeah, um, I think it was Latuna, yeah. Um, but uh, I can't remember the name of the team, I should. It's on Netflix now. It's a, There's a new Netflix documentary following Maradona within the last 18 months. Um, of him I mean, I'm ma- not going to watch it, Stephen. But managing. thank you so much. <laughs> but yeah, maybe the audience wants. Thank I don't you. Know. For- <laughs> <laughs> no, that's. But you know what? The film was supposed to be great. Oh, the film is amazing. The film is amazing. Like it's nuts because it ca- it encapsulates a really specific time. I mean, it's it's a little bit El Chapo esque in the story that it was a, a specific moment in time when he was in Napoli, the greatest footballer in the world. Argentina had won the World Cup, but he was under the thumb of the mafia as well. In, in Napoli and he had an illegitimate child well uh, he had a child out of wedlock but he, he which he denied up until literally last year he admitted that that is his kid oh, and, um, that's sad was so, yeah so loads of all that kind of stuff was going on but the and stress he was under with the fame at that time it was a very different mm. thing Napoli is a very intense city it's a brilliant documentary because it really encapsulates you loved it yeah yeah I, I loved it well I'm a big I'm a big I'm, you've got the tat yeah I've got you the better Maradona, like the man <laughs> the Maradona tat on my arm um but anyway, the documentary on um, on Netflix, the new one with Diego, he went to manage this Mexican club, which is El Chapo's home uh, home club, or the town that he's from, and they hadn't been doing great. And it was kind of a bit of a laughing stock that Maradona had come over to do because they were like, oh, he's just going to go over and do a lot of coke. Yeah, um, yeah, he's yeah. Just gone, um, but he actually went and did a really good job and got them really? to the, the playoff finals twice, and they just couldn't, they didn't win. Um, but uh, yeah, he did. He did an amazing job there. Yeah. And did he stay away from the coach? You think? It seems that way. It seems because he had because he had another kid with somebody job. else. I don't know if it was with with them. Uh, uh, if, she, if the girl was Mexican, or if she was from that town. But I remember there was a big upset because she she wouldn't marry him, and he got really upset about that. Oh, but um, of course. Uh, but they they had said at the time that it was a really big deal because he brought his youngest son, his youngest kid apparently his special needs and um, he had brought the kid over to Mexico and that was apparently a really big deal. So he really started to make a little bit of a home for himself there and uh, it it was a really nice story because a a lot of the locals and the fans there are kind of sick of obviously the tag that they get from just being the home of El Chapo and everyone just does drugs there and they're really passionate about their football team that wasn't doing very well and the president was like, you know, really struggling trying to keep the club going and Maradona kind of came and lifted the... I love that that's a part of his life that they focused on. Uh, Oh, yeah, totally. Because I I did want to... Because that documentary was amazing, but it kind of felt like only a part. Because Maradona had a a massively complex life before the documentary. That encapsulates one part of it. But there's another... the, The 10 years after that documentary, when the story ends in the documentary... It's just as mental. This is before he got caught doing I mean, drugs paying for Argentina, you know, all yeah. that stuff. I mean, I guess with somebody like him, you have to just look at a part, like yes, a specific yeah. segment. Before we go, yes. I know you did mention at the start. So Stephen Mullen, hilarious comedian. Um, currently, sport, you're sporting Neil at the moment on his tour? Uh, kind of, I, I don't know, but I did the other night, but I don't know, but I kind of just finished up with Des on his tour, so that was fantastic. And, uh, New Year is kind of my tour at the moment, really. I'm like, saying. Like, son of a preacher, man, yeah. It's, but Did you, you have that what? meeting as well? I just had that meeting the other day. I think we've all had that meeting. <laughs> we all got called in for a meeting about, like, what are you doing with but your you, next 2020? You know what, though? I actually think it's... It, don't you feel... Because we're probably at a similar par in terms of the comedy. Is, is it a nice feeling... 
now to be like, you know what? Now this is going to be my show and my yeah. tour. It's scary. Yeah, but, but you have to. You have you to. Have that's to what, that's what you have to start doing. Because I mean, those support slots are the dream. Yeah. I mean, talk about the golden yeah. egg. Like yeah. you do it, and you're like, I would do this for free. Yes. Yeah. 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 Totally. Um, oh, they're great, and and it's a really great way to meet the country and see the <sighs> see the people that are out there that want to see comedy. And like, I think as well, you know, not being all sycophantic about it, but seeing people, whether it's Tommy or Ardell or Des or Neil or whoever it might be, like. We're talking top of the game, yeah. masters of the craft. They've been doing it for years. It's like a com- this is it's the like apprenticeship. a comedy grind Absolutely. for me. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's just insane. Yeah. But uh, but at the same time, I think it's really exciting uh, that you're doing your own thing. It's going to mm. be absolutely amazing. Yeah, you're I'm looking forward funny. to doing the new the new show. You're very funny, 2020, man. it's coming out. Follow us on, on the Instagram, Hello Steve-O. Okay, Instagram, Hello Steve-O. Yeah. And uh, you have the podcast as well. So the you can podcast check that out. is going, yeah. And, uh, oh yeah, I'm going to be, I don't know when this is coming out, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Soon. Soon. Yeah. Well, if you're in, co- the first two weekends. Friday 13th, in, it's going to be coming out. Okay, that well, that Friday 13th. Well then, if then the 14th, I uh, Friday the 13th is coming out, sorry, I'll be in Wonky Donkey in Cork. Brilliant. Uh, that night. And then the following night, I'll be back in Dublin doing Chaplin's Comedy Club. So if you're in Dublin or in Lovely. Cork, there you go. On the 13th, and we love 14th. Chaplin's. Shout we out to Simon, love. our old Simon buddy O'Keefe. old pal. Such a gem. Absolute dose. Uh, okay, so thank you so much for listening. Thanks I've for been having me. It was great fun. I've been Stephen Mullen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. 